Welcome to the Honest Postnatal Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Dow, a postnatal exercise specialist and a mum of two. This is a space where we talk about postnatal recovery and how it feels emotionally and physically. This can be a challenging time for any mum, but I'm here to give you hope whilst keeping it honest. So wherever you are, take a deep breath, settle in, let's get started. So on today's podcast, we're going to chat with Benedict Stiver, who is a mum of three, who is a prolapse warrior and who does breath work and has experience also with hyperpressives. And Benedict and I met on Instagram, I think, talking about breath work and hyperpressives. And I just need to put a warning in here that Benedict's accent is so soothing and beautiful that if you are listening to this whilst driving, you might need to pull over because she's just so, um, like the melody of her voice. So just just a little... <laughs> It's true. Like you've got the most soothing voice. So I just want to say in case any mums are listening, they're driving, you might need to pull over because it's just very soothing. So Benedict, how are you doing? I am like now flushing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing really well. Thank you very much. And I know you said you've got, it's half term, isn't it? So two kids at home today? Yeah, actually we are finished with half term, ah. but they are sick. Oh, so ah. one is sick and the other one, all the teachers are sick. So. <laughs> okay. But you've yeah. still got two kids at home. so Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Mum's life. <laughs> mum life, indeed. Yeah. And you're actually a mum of three. So how old are your three children now? Uh, nine, seven and five. Okay. Yeah. And should we start then with, because I think the thing that I really loved when we spoke last time was about your three different birth and postnatal experiences. And I think if I'm correct, you've done them all in three different countries. Yes, exactly. So this is what the real, real special things about us is. is each, each, each of us in the family have been born in a different country. That's amazing, yeah. isn't it? What a lovely story. And how, how did those birth experiences happen in different countries? Like, do you want to maybe start with your favorite birth, maybe? Yeah, so, so let's say, so it have been first birth in Italy, second birth in Czech Republic, and third birth in Germany. So my favorite one was Germany. But is it because it was the third one and I was more relaxed? Uh, or is it uh, because it was Germany? Probably a bit of both. <laughs> And what made it like, so what made it feel so wonderful? Like what were the elements that felt good? Um, it went the way I wanted. So um, if I compare with the first one, you know, I went into my birth like extremely naive and extremely didn't want to know so much neither. I was also, uh, at the time when I was pregnant for the first one, I was working in France, but living in Italy. So I was trying also to, to, you know, get all the courses and then I couldn't really get them. And my doctor in Italy said, you don't need to have anything. It's really natural process. You need to push and okay. the baby will come. Okay. okay. So <laughs> let's breeze through that. <laughs> And so compared to, you know, like the way I gave birth the first time, which I didn't really know what would come to, okay, I am taking over and I really want a birth in water. 
I want to be relaxed. And I remember my midwife, and I didn't have midwife the first time. So my midwife in Germany told me, you know, enjoy it, enjoy giving birth. And I was like, okay, how can she say that? You know, <laughs> this is really not enjoyable. So I was, um, but then I got it when I was there because what's happened. So she, my second birth was really quick as well. So she said, maybe it was too quick. Yeah. Uh, so she said, really enjoy it. And I remember saying in me, okay, I am a team with the baby and we're going to make it together. And I was saying like, okay, like let's breathe it through. And then I was feeling him coming down and I was really like, he's doing his work. I'm doing my work. So it was a beautiful, yeah. So it was in water, beautiful experience in this sense. And it was a really quiet night actually as well. So in the hospital, so, you know, I had the midwife with me and my husband. And so it was nice. There were no rush anywhere in the hospital. So it was, it was pretty peaceful. So I'm going to, yeah. so from that, I'm taking like you felt very in control for that third yeah. birth versus like the first birth. You felt like you had like the knowledge, the support, mm. the time. And yeah. like, that's what made it feel like the perfect birth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And how was the postnatal experience then from the third birth as well? I'm guessing, you know, when you have an easy birth and a birth that you desired, is the postnatal experience easier than it was with the first birth? Yeah, I mean, you are you are expecting your third one. And I love to chat with you after that, you know, yeah. after you have your third one. I think we are different, you know. I mean, I think... And I will always go back to the first birth, you know, like the the last one was extremely relaxed because, I mean, you have two other kids at home and yeah. you cannot, you know, you cannot do just anything else than just being relaxed. However, I also took very seriously the recovery. Good. Okay. And the cuddling with the baby and, you know, like being really with him and looking after myself. I knew so much more, so much more than the first birth. So it was, um, it was easier. Yeah, easy. Yeah. I mean, the third one is just like, yeah. And when you say you really prioritized and like looked after your recovery, so what did that look like for you? Like, what was your recovery? Um, nourishing my body, for sure. Like having really nourishing food, which again, I learned through, you know, all the postpartum journey come, starting from the first one to um, sleeping a lot as well. You know, sleeping in the middle of the day, which I was, will not do with the first one or the second one. Uh, I had the two little one. I mean, they were four and two. They were at the crash of the nannies. So, you know, so they were taking care of during the day. So it was sleeping and cuddling and, you know, like all this and really nourishing myself with food and collagen and, you know, all what we know also from the postnatal recovery. And when you, you say food and collagen, and interestingly, I've, I just got off a phone call actually with a woman um, talking about prolapse and talking about the benefits of collagen. So would you just explain a little bit about why you chose to take collagen and also when you're saying nourishing food, like what diet does that mean for you? Yeah, okay. And I will go back then to my first birth and maybe my prolapse diagnosis because I was diagnosed after the first birth. And I was, I've always been an emotional eater. So either everything or nothing. 
Okay, you know? yeah. Uh, and before I had all my kids, I was traveling all over Europe. I was always in a plane, in an hotel, you know, taxi, plane, hotel. This was my life. So uh, not really when you can really look after your food. So I was either or. So it would be like either eating airport food and, you know, drinking the wine in the hotel in the evening. And it could be like every night because we are traveling all week. But it could also be being on a diet for a whole week and taking my whatever eggs and food with me and vegetable on travel as well. So it was really extreme. But then, uh, so, so this was my life before. So when I gave birth, which with also interest. So I, I was diagnosed with my prolapse and I was told that I couldn't do anything. Again, let's breathe in. in. <laughs> And, but this was also my, my, yeah, why I did so much also for me. So I was told I couldn't do anything except the surgery. And I said, it cannot be. And then what I noticed with me straight away is I was bloated all the time. I remember you saying this. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So for me, it was, I've never been really constipated in my life. So the constipation was not my issue, but more the bloating. And I was living in Italy at the time. So welcome the bread and the pasta. And I was just like noticing my symptom being terrible just after eating because I was bloated. And I started to go down this rabbit hole of nutrition, saying like, what makes me bloated? And uh, yeah, and I did what we call elimination, elimination diet. So you get a couple of... Um, yeah, in, uh, food out of your diet to understand what makes you bloated, what makes you not bloated. So I went through and so I discovered a lot about myself. So it's why. And then I, I really said, okay, the real food is the food I need to nourish my body. You know, it's not about counting calories. It's about really nourishing your body with real food. And at the end, it was that. It was like really, I stopped completely the processed food, the sugar, the, and after there is a couple of things with me, with dairy, I'm not doing well neither. But, you know, again, me being extreme, I went to the right extreme, like no sugar, no processed food, nothing to come to, you know, after with three kids, what do you do? You know, if you just need to cook everything from scratch. So I do mainly probably 80, 20. But yeah, so this is that. It's really nourishing. My body was real food and not being afraid of fat, which I was for a long time um yeah like eating the right number of protein you know like quite a lot of protein as well and not only salads and things like that so really like nourishing my body with real food and did you have someone so for the third postnatal period did you have someone to make the food for you or did you like stock the freezer stock the fridge and like know what you needed uh, yeah, I did it all my, it's my passion. Actually, nutrition is my, is how I started as well. So, um, I would say like my, my second career, my, my purpose career. Now it's, I really started with nutrition. I love it. So I love cooking. It's just like, it's my, when I am in flow. So this is my, my, whatever people will just go for a run. I just go to my kitchen and cook. So I did it all on my own. Okay, good. And then mm. when you um, said about the collagen, let's just go back around to the to the collagen as well. So can you explain maybe what made you take the collagen, if if you remember the brand of collagen that you took as well? 
Yeah, the thing is, like, I tried so many, and um, I tried the, I mean, I will always say, you know, like, also coming from a functional medicine uh, background, you know, it's all about real food, about being organic, and because there is so much out there, there is, it's such a huge market that the, obviously the quality is not always the best, you know. So um, really being careful that it is grass-fed, you know. And uh, I started with powder and then I was, it was not doing well with my tummy. And then I learned down the line that um, uh, it's, uh, you know, because the molecule is too big and it's like, you know, it's just go a bit, I mean, I'm not an expert on this, but it goes through your tummy a bit too heavy. So I was not doing really well. And then actually I changed, uh, now it's a one and a half year ago. Um, my husband has a bike accident when he broke both of his arms. So, you know, you have three kids and you get a fourth one. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. oh God. <laughs> so he couldn't do anything for six weeks. And a, f- a friend of mine, colleague of mine in the US said, you really need to get him this collagen. So it's kind of a, it's called BioCell, and then it's have a, they have a patent on it together. And, um, so, uh, which make it very, very potent. And so I got him on that. And two months later, no, three months later, because the first month he didn't do anything. Three months later, he was functioning properly. He had like he all, so he broke his elbow. So, which is quite a big thing, switched the ligaments and he got all his mobility and movement again. And the surgeon was just told him it would last two years. So after three months, he was just like amazed. And then I was, you know, watching him have doing his things. And I was like, oh, wait a second. If it's help his ligaments, it's going to help my ligaments down there and all. So I really starting because let's put it this way. Before I was with supplement, I really don't like supplement because I forget to take them. So I prefer to get everything from the food. So I am really like loading on vegetables and things like that. And so it's why before I was just like, maybe I would try and I'm not really being really consistent. But here I said, okay, I am going to try it and I need really to, to go for it. So I actually, it was now last summer, I said, I'm going to try every day for three months with my pessary in as well to see, because I also read an article from um, Dr. Margot at Postpartum. I love which, her. Uh, yeah, she's yeah. good. And we, we met through her, yeah. And yes, I yes, remember true. this article was saying that when, and it makes sense, you know, because, okay, another story, I was not with my pessary. I had one, but I didn't really use it. Because somehow, I don't know, I think I want to achieve everything on my own. You know, I just, you know, I don't, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to make it. And uh, so anyway, so for me, like the pessary was a bit of a, you know, a help I didn't want. But I said, so, so the article was saying, when you put your pessary in, then your organ are supported. And I always like kind of describe it like, you know, like a bag of tea, which is like hanging Yes. So I can imagine my, my, you know, bladder and uterus being like that. But when you just support it, then they are closer to the wall. And therefore, you know, if you do the right things, the right exercise and the right collagen and things like that, it will help. So I told myself, okay, 
let's get the pessary in every day and let's take the collagen every day. And after three months, I noticed definitely an improvement. Amazing. And so now, you know, with breast work and hypopressive, I'm like, okay, I'm like on my way to reverse it. Definitely. I mean, this is my, this is my target. Definitely. I feel I can see already. And like, I know from talking to you that you're going to do it. Like you're one of those Mm -hmm. people that's like determined, but in a really good Mm -hmm. way, you will get there. And that's, you know, such a wonderful message as well to give to other women, but it's amazing. And I think it's all the things that we've spoken about, isn't it? So yeah, so diet, collagen I think is amazing breath work which we'll get on to hyperpressives which obviously I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with um but there's yeah it's all those pieces of the puzzle but that's just so wonderful to hear that that made such a difference so within those three months and I love that it came from your husband so that you watch that process <laughs> it's like a little guinea pig experiment so you like you tried it on him and then you're like okay this is working and now I'm gonna try it on me so I love that yeah, and I think what yeah. you said, you know, I I think our prolapse stories, it's so much, it's it's like not one thing, you know, it's not one thing which happened and it's not one thing so we're going to fix it. I also like came to this real, realization, you know, after a couple of um, of years because, you know, first I said, okay, I'm just going to make it with, with food, you know, but now it's not only food. It's not only exercise. It's not only, you know, and then there's lots about, I think I discover more and more that it's so much about emotion as well. So it's really like a, a whole thing. It's, it didn't happen only for, because of birth, in my opinion, and it, it's not going to be fixed only with one thing. It's really like a multifaceted story. I completely agree. And I think that's where the medical profession go wrong because they look at prolapse just as like a a pelvic floor injury and that's it. And I think I completely agree with you that there's just so many things that go into it and therefore there's so many things that you need to fix it. And I think that's also why there's so much message out there that you can't fix it because it, it people are thinking like oh there's just not one way to fix it but I think once you realize that we both did like actually there's it's going to take time and it's going to take work and there's lots of elements but then you can get there you can fix it um I want to circle back around to when you said about the emotional part as well Mm -hmm. because I think that's such a big part of prolapse isn't it that women struggle with the emotional side yeah and I, I just discovered it maybe two years ago and funnily now, you know, I was talking to my Pilates teacher, which is a physiotherapist, and I said, do you think prolapse only is an emotional issue? And she looked at me with a smile and, you know, and she's a physiotherapist. And I was like, okay, well, I need to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so somehow I discovered through breastwork and maybe I discovered breastwork because of an I didn't thought it was because of my prolapse. So I actually went to breastwork to actually manage my emotion because um, I think bec- being a mom is so difficult. So difficult. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you've done it for the third time. I'm doing it for the third time. It's so difficult, but so rewarding. But yeah, I wish exactly. people told you how hard it is. <laughs> no, you know, like, you know, you ask also, I was um, the, f- the postnatal, after the third one and the first one, you know, the first one is you become a mom. It's huge. It's so, 
it's huge. It's so difficult. It's like, I mean, it's, it's beautiful, but so difficult. It's like you are tired and you don't understand this baby. And, and it is, why should it be love at the first time? At the first sight, and I was not, and I was like, is it wrong something with me? And am I gonna love this baby? And of course, you know, and then actually it's, I would say it's love every day, even more, you know, so, um, so, so there is all these things, and then, and then there is a prolapse. So it's kind of like so difficult. You always have these two things to, to deal with. It's not only the prolapse. I think it's, I mean, for me, it was, I think even, the first year was more being a mom, which was more difficult. Maybe it was kind of covering my prolapse, you know, like, like I was not really, I mean, of course I was looking into it, but what make was, was more mentally difficult was becoming a mom and not being aligned. So wanted to do something, but was doing the other way because I didn't know any better. And so coming to the emotion, I was extremely, um, uh, I had lots of emotion coming up and they were like more the explosive type of emotion. <laughs> so like anger and frustration, you know, when the baby cry and the baby doesn't want to go to bed and doesn't want to go home and doesn't want to put their shoes on. And so this, you know, what do you, so when you cannot control it, you know, yes. I was just like exploding, you know, yeah. and I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to be such a man. So, and this is where, I always tell my story about breastwork. First, this was not really breastwork. It was just conscious breathing. It's like breathing, saying, okay, I need to calm myself. And in all this parenting course, they said, you need to breathe. So I was like, okay, let's breathe. Like, let's take three breaths. And so, uh, and then down the line, sir, birth, I changed my career. So I was 20 years being like in corporate and uh, traveling all over Europe. And then with the third one, I said, I can't do that. And I get, I took a break and then exactly where does my, you know, where do you, after you just kind of link all the dots and I became a health coach and I knew this was my prolapse journey because like now it was like five years down the line. I was looking at my nutrition. I was trying to understand my body, my nutrition, my sleep. And then I also realized the stress when I am stressed, I feel my prolapse or, you know, kind of. Your pelvic floor just yeah is gone, you know. Yeah. I mean, for me, when I was starting to get like so nervous and I was exploding, and like, I really literally felt my pelvic floor just going, and then therefore my prolapse come. And I could have no symptom whatsoever, and then I would be so nervous and so frustrated. And hop, here, here are my symptoms. I am um, so, so I can completely resonate with that because um, after giving birth. If the kids ever do anything dangerous, you know, like they run out into the road or something where, you know, like your heart's in your mouth, I now feel it in my pelvic floor. I literally feel my pelvic floor shoot up and kind of grip in that moment of terror. And it's something that previous to children would never have happened. You know, I just would have felt it everywhere else in my body, in my shoulders, in my heart, in my mouth. But I think that's fascinating that it's like, to me, it's like the emotion that you hold in that area is is unbelievable and the fact that yes so, so as soon as we're stressed the stress in the pelvic floor and as soon as the pelvic floor is stressed obviously you feel the prolapse more and then it becomes that little cycle doesn't mm-hmm. it so trying yeah. to relax trying to do the breath work is yeah such a big piece of it yeah exactly yeah and that is what i started to realize to say like i mean first i was really um i mean also 
said like work on your trigger so I was really trying to work on not making it happen but honestly also stress is there it's always life yes and you've got kids I mean it made me really laugh when you said about one of the triggers being the kids not putting their shoes on and I was just (laughs) laughing because I was like why is that so stressful but I feel like every morning it's that like just put your shoes on please put your shoes on we need to leave the house please just get and it's like there's something about it that just makes you lose it isn't it them not getting their shoes on it's just yeah it's one of those mum yeah, things and and for me you know I always say I mean now being being in this um world and digging into it you know I understand as well that the keys are reflecting are pressing the button of what we need to work on okay and for me it was clear that this um I mean not being heard and not being seen is a huge core wound for me yeah. And by working on that, then I realized that they are not, um, they don't do that personally to just, you know, uh, make me crazy, you know. <laughs> so this is just me, because you would maybe see the, no, you don't see the, the, you see the situation the same thing. Why are they not doing it? But, you know, somebody else will look at it and just like be way, way more playful and play with them and say like, yeah, this is normal, you know. They are just playing. They are just not listening. But I mean, for me, it's not being heard, not being seen. It's just like a big, big thing. So, um, yeah, exactly. And then, so I, I'm, I was then after that discovering that really working on that, you know, like really kind of, yeah, uh, healing that, healing the not being seen, not being heard. And working on those emotions makes that you feel much better, much lighter, much coming to yourself. So. And what does the breath work entail for you? So you said it started off with literally just breathing, taking a few breaths in yeah. those situations when they're emotions. But what does the breath work look like for you now? And I know you run workshops now as well. So what does the what does the breath work entail for that? So my daily routine will be, or my weekly routine will be uh, really doing proper breath work session for myself. So it's, and then when I said, because breath work, I just like, you know, again, today explained it because breastwork is so a huge concept. Now. I mean, it's, it's, it's everybody talk about it, but, you know, what is it exactly? So I always say there is a functional breathing part of it. Like, how do you breathe every day? Do you breathe from uh, properly, like what we know as prolapse radial, you know, like being like dia- uh, like breathing from the chest and you know not uh, just from the top of the I mean breathing uh, let me make it correct like breathing really with your diaphragm and not with your rib cage, on the top yeah. yeah exactly not on the top of the um, of uh, your chest and uh, so how do you breathe functionally first and mechanically because this has to do with your pelvic floor as well and saying that, you know, I had to relearn it. I personally were breathing the other way around. Yes. So instead of expanding my tummy when I was breathing in, I was actually sucking it in. So I was a tummy sucker all my life. So breath work was for me at the beginning this, learning to breathe properly again. And um, after once you learn it again, I always say you don't need so long. I mean, I think for me, it was a couple of weeks because your body take over again, because your body knows how to work. It's just like the stress in life, whatever your suppressed emotion or anything which have happened to you, also physical uh, accident or things like that, will make that we breathe differently. So I 
kind of work on that first and then uh, my alignment and exactly so all this mechanical part of it so this was a part of my routine but which is not anymore because I mean except with the hypopressive a little bit but uh, it's my body to cover uh, properly and then uh, weekly I do really like proper rest work session for me so the way I teach it is like different speed so it could be I can decide okay I do a very um energizing breastwork with different speed of breastwork and then after there is a meditation or I just lie down for myself to just think you know just be in my in my space it's it's very like meditation it's very like meditation I started with meditation it was too I don't know not active enough for me and I, it's, it's why I love breastwork because it's it's bringing you to your meditative state to this really nice space when you really distress but it's active. And then, oh, there is a very um, relaxed um, breastwork that I do as well, which bring your body into a deep, deep uh, relaxation, which I do very often, actually. Because, you know, it's teach your nervous system to be relaxed. Yeah. So I do that. So I do that like probably like twice weekly now because I do 20 minutes of hypopressive every day. And before minutes. I was doing, it's good. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. This week with the kids at home, it had been ten. But um, so I would do, and then I started that maybe four months ago. But before I would do like twenty minutes breastwork every day. But then I can't do everything. So, but hyperpressive is also breastwork in a way. Yes, completely. Because you've got the three rounds of breath, and I always say yeah. to people, I think people always say as well when they're learning it. At the end of the 10 minutes or 20 minutes, wonderful. You feel so relaxed, but it's because you've got those three deep breaths. And I think when I teach it as well, I try and teach it that there's like a pause between it. So you have your inhale, your exhale, and then you just decide, you know, to kind of wait for the next inhale to come. Like, And I think that pause can just calm people down so much. And I think again going back to like the mental side of prolapse if you've got that breath work or you're doing the hyperpressives just that pause that really allowing like the vagus nerve system to really calm the body and we just don't take the time as mums as well you know you're rushing for coffee and to the baby clubs and or to the school pickup so actually taking that time to breathe is crucial isn't it allowing your body that time it is and and it's really like i remember also like you know hearing this concept, uh, you know, white space and, you know, self-care. And I was like, yeah, but I don't have the time. And yeah. it's why I said to, <laughs> but, but it's why like, what I realized also back to like, okay, the first, as I said, like the breast, when I was, I became a mom was just like a couple of breasts. And then when, um, my last one was born, I, it's when I became a health coach and I really like learned, I mean, my biggest learning was, you cannot heal if you are stressed. Your body is either stressed or relaxed, and you will not be able to heal a prolapse if you are stressed all the time. And of course, you know, like our nervous system needs to switch between stress and relaxation, but we need to be more into relaxation than stress. And if we are stressed, we cannot just heal. And this was for me like a big realization. And then at this time, I didn't have my 20 minutes a day. So I was just breathing five minutes, bringing the kids to bed. So I was lying with them and I was breathing five minutes. And this, over time, built up my resilience so much 
because then and I, I was not even doing breastwork at the time. It was really, I could see the, the trigger coming. I could see the stressful situation coming and me staying relaxed. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. And this is when I said, I need to learn it even more and I need to teach it to people and I need to bring it to the world. Probably we like you and I purposive saying, okay, now this is going to be my, my job. <laughs> and because this is just amazing what breathing can do to you. Like just this relaxation and with the hypopressive is about the exhale is so long. Yeah. And the relaxation happened at the exhale. So definitely, I mean, it's just, yeah. I think um, one thing I just want to pick up on is I went to an event the other day and they were talking about how it's it's generally women that when women discover something that helps themselves, they want to share it. And I think that's such like a female kind of nurturing thing that it's like we discover something. So for you, the breath work, for me, the hyperpressives. And then you're like, you know, rather than just keeping it to yourself and being like, okay, fine, I'm healed, off I go. Women are ultimately the ones that are like, oh, I need to share this with the rest of the world. I need to help all these other women. And I think, yeah, well, that's where we both come in, isn't it? Together, the the breath work and the hyperpressives and wanting to, to help. And you now do, so talk a little bit more about what your work and how people can work with you because you, you do your breath yeah, work sessions, yeah. don't you? And so explain a little bit more about that. Yeah, I just want to go back to what you just said. It's so funny because it's true. Like before for me was, you you know, nutrition is everything for prolapse. I am just going to teach everyone about how to <laughs> eat properly, how to make quick food, easy food and things like that. And now I discover breastwork. I'm like, no, no, this is even, you know, like I need to go there. So, and I think I will stay there because, you know, but, but really to everybody, like it's really like a combination of everything. So, um, yeah, but breastwork is, breastwork is just, unbelievable i mean i'm like uh, everybody and it can help so many people not only like uh, women with prolapse but uh, the way i work is like there is like uh, i always do like um free breastwork session for people to try because i think people doesn't really know and understand what it is and um so it's i always say it's kind of a come to a yoga session and then you just lie on the floor and then we breathe in different speed. And then this will bring you actually is going to shut down your prefrontal cortex, your thinking brain. And then you will get into more a medita meditative state. And your breasts have been proven scientifically to be the bridge between your conscious and your unconscious. So this is why when you get into this meditative state, with the meditation I do after, there is lots of, you feel so much love and so much gratitude and, and you go to the emotion and can release emotion. So one of my first breastwork experience, I actually released, um, I, I forgave myself for my prolapse happening. So it's, uh, and, and again, it was so, I mean, for me, this was mind blowing because I was like, it was seven years down the line. Okay. So I was like, okay, I've done everything, you know, nutrition and sleep and my triggers and everything. So I thought I was good. <laughs> and then I was like, what is this now? And I really thought, and I, I had still this, whatever resentment you would probably say in English or this about my, I, I didn't know I had because I was fine. I was doing my, you know, this was my new job and helping women with prolapse. And, and I was like, oh my gosh. I still have resentment about this happening to me. 
So I found it fascinating. And I also felt like, and I know that everybody, so many people say that, not everybody, but so many people say that after the breastwork is like, you get something lifted physically and mentally after a breastwork. And I was, I felt like less symptomatic way after that. So, you know, after this happening, me releasing this massive emotion of resentment towards me uh, was a big one. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I, I just like, now I'm like, it's my new medicine, definitely. I was just thinking, everything. Of, yeah, when you're saying that, because I, I know we're very much concentrating on prolapse, but actually the breath work would probably be for, for new mums as well that have got postnatal depression or that have had a yeah. traumatic birth. Like actually that would be super beneficial as well, wouldn't it? Because yeah. it's all the same kind of aspects that would go into it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think every everybody, everybody has, I mean, it's not, I mean, I think you can release a lot of trauma. And I know that this can also make people really afraid to do breastwork because they say, I don't want to open the door. I don't want to release trauma. Yeah. Or maybe there is something hidden somewhere and I'm just going to discover it. And I'm like saying, no, no. Your body will release whatever is ready to release when it is ready to release it. You know, so you will always uh, be faced to something in your life that you are ready to take on. So if you're not ready, this is not going to come into breastwork. But it's, it's, it's beneficial for everybody. And exactly, I mean, you know, like we are like passionate about postnatal, you know, mums and, and prolapse or not prolapse because we know it's so difficult. So just also we, um, the stress. I had a client last time and she didn't have a prolapse, but twins and she was just so overwhelmed and, she did like one session with me, 20 minutes of breastwork. I mean, we had one and a half hour of coaching, but we did 20 minutes of breastwork. And she said she felt this warm feeling in her chest where normally she's always like very tense and her baby were not sleeping at the time. And then the night, I mean, the next morning, she said, Benedict said, fall asleep straight away. Because the thing is, we are all energy and we are all, our stress get to the baby. And then I was like, and I was like, you know, saying it's not surprising. It's not surprising. If we are relaxed as mom, our kids will be more relaxed. So I think it's beneficial for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is beneficial for everyone. And you, I think, again, you can see that in the difficult times like bedtime, you know, if you get stressed and if you're shouting, the, you can see the children, you know, respond like because then their cries get louder and, you know, you're both stressed and no one's going to go to sleep. But if you've got that ability and I think mm. it's very difficult, isn't it? Like you said earlier, if you're if you're triggered by certain things, you know, and, and feeling not seen and not heard and you've done a long day of being a good mom and a gentle parent and all of that and you get to bedtime and they're still not listening it's so easy to lose it but I think if you can yeah if you're calm and I've seen that you know if I can stay calm and I do breath work yeah. with my kids at night time we have the meditation on you know it makes such a difference but it is that mirror and I think that's so interesting yeah. that you've said that because they they mirror what you give them as well yeah exactly. um, yeah so breath work is beneficial for the whole family yes exactly oh. <laughs> And my, my little one, my, you know, and it's also like, oh, this is such a good thing. You know, like you are also the, um, do what you can do for you and you will mirror that back. You know, like yes. my, 
So I never really ask my kids to breathe with me, but because I am doing that while I lie with them, now my little one, which is five, he will just lie. I mean, I will always lie with them, you know, at the bedtime because I just heard this. I love this time when they tell you the, their day. And then now he just say like, he would just like chat. And then at some point he would say, okay, can we breathe together? And then he just have these three breaths and he fall asleep. And this morning, really, honestly, my husband said, I think I will take you into your breastwork stuff. Because my husband is doing, I mean, tried with me once and, you know, busy and doing his own things. And and this morning he said, I think I take you on that. And I'm like, yes, because he see also how it has transformed me and how stressed I was. And now I'm more, much more relaxed facing the, you know, the stressful situation. So I was like, yes. This is, um, I feel like I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent, but it is the same thing. I was listening to a podcast the other day, which is about manifesting. So I love manifesting as well. Mm. And it was saying about how um, you have your journey and it's like you have to go through the door and kind of do all of your practices and your journey. And you can't take everyone with you, meaning you can't force them to to do the breath work or the hypopressives. You can't, you just have to do it yourself walk through the door, become this kind of new person. And then they will see like, oh, actually yeah. I want to go through that door. So like he's now saying like, oh, I want to do it. But, and it was like a wonderful description of how you can't like pile everyone on your body. So like your husband and the kids, because then you don't fit through the door anymore. Oh, so it was cool. like, you have to walk through your own door. And then if they watch, they will come afterwards. And I just think that's so, so lovely. And another story is that, I've always taught Ethan to do the moo breath to poo, you know, so I've <laughs> tried to start at the pelvic floor very early with both of them. And I heard him the other day, you know, like saying to Sebastian, our little one, like, mummy taught me, you know, we have to moo to poo. And like, and he was showing him how to breathe on the toilet and to relax. And, and I just thought it's lovely because he's seen me do it in those early personal <laughs> days. He's picked it up yeah, himself. And now he's passing it on to his brother. So, you know, it's like they so cool. they pick it all up, don't they? I, I love that. I love that. And my my daughter came yesterday and said, oh, I told a friend about what you are doing. And I said, and I told her, breathing through the no mouth is not good. You need to breathe through the nose. And was it correct, mommy? And I went like, yes. <laughs> oh, but I love that. And I love your, your image of you cannot fit into the door if you take everyone with you. I think it's resonate a lot with me because yeah. you know you kind of want to take everyone you say like oh come on this is so good come with me yeah but let the people go through their journey I will yeah. link I will link that podcast actually in the show notes and I'll send it mm. to you because I feel like it'll be a really good one for you yeah. to listen to um Benedict is there anything else you want to talk about anything you feel like postnatal women need to hear any other like tips that you've got anything that you want to share now that we're you know here and on the podcast Oh, just like you are normal if you feel crap and you feel like terrible being a man. <laughs> Can we say that really loudly? Yes. You know, motherhood is not only pink and, you know, uh, yeah, and pregnancy is not only beautiful and birth is not only beautiful and it's all, yeah, it's so difficult. It's, it's so, it's such a new world being a man. Then we all need to find our way. And yeah, and you are fine. And I mean, you will be fine, but it's okay if you feel crap. And 
and and get and get some help and you know like talk to other moms because I think so many of us um I mean you know I know we we talked about it we both like we are really loud I mean when I was <laughs> I was like this is this is not nice and I don't feel good and I, 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 I'm struggling. I was really struggling with exactly the education of wanting to do different and my parents and, uh, and I was really struggling with that. And, but I was really loud on that saying like, you know, I, I don't know what to do and things like that where some, so many just doesn't want to talk about it. I don't, I don't know. Maybe we are more open now, but it's okay. It's okay not to feel okay. Yeah, I think that's such a good message, isn't it? And I think the more the more of us that come out and are loud and say that it makes other people feel like it's okay to say it, maybe even in a smaller voice, so that they can then say to one friend, like, actually, I'm not, I'm not coping, I'm struggling, or go to the GP or contact a charity. But I think those of us that are confident enough to tell our story, to come out and say this is how we felt and we went through this, you know, that to me is is for me that's why I tell my story and I think it's you know everyone I speak to on the podcast it's why they tell their story because they just want to help other women yeah and I actually it's make me think you know when a mom come with a new baby you know everybody's about the baby and I'm like I'm actually not about the baby of course this is really cute and I'm like oh this is actually you know should I make another one but I'm like really looking at the mom and say how, how are you you know really how are you doing yeah, it's because funny because yeah. sorry, it's always my first thing that like if a friend's had a baby or even someone I know, I'm my first question is how is the mum doing or how are you yeah. doing before yeah. how is the yeah. baby? Can I see the baby? Because I know ninety percent of people have asked, can I see the baby? Yeah. How's the baby? You know everything. Mm. But yeah, you're so right. Like, and again, it's that we need to look after the mother, otherwise the mother cannot look after her child. You know, we need yeah, to exactly. mo- mother the mother. Yeah. And then the child will be looked after, but we have to ask those questions and just say, yeah, how are you doing? That's exactly, you know, like for nine months, you are like the center of the room, you are pregnant and, you know, for nine months, nobody is letting you in peace, you know, it's all about you. And then suddenly it's no more about you, but the baby, yeah. <laughs> I think this has been mentioned on every podcast recording oh, yeah? I've done. Yeah, like everyone said the same thing, but it's it's yeah. true. You know, in society, it's just, you know, and you have so many appointments and the scans and it's all wonderful. And then the postnatal just drops off completely. And again, I mean, you've experienced it in different countries, which was the interesting thing. And there are a few countries around the world where postnatal care is wonderful but I think the majority of the time postnatal care is not great and the mother is yeah forgotten about or kind of pushed to the side and it's just yeah we need to change that don't we yeah completely yeah well thank you so much for coming on today can you just let everyone know where they can find you like on Instagram or how you'd like to be contacted and how people can get in touch yeah I see Instagram on uh, it's called at rock with your pop uh and yeah and then here you will find like all the free breastwork session on the workshop i do you know to as we said like to work on all the core wounds and the emotional pressure that we shouldn't have and or on facebook i am under benedict uh, siva wonderful i will share everything yeah. in the show notes 
and then people can come and find you and hopefully do one of your free breathwork sessions and then yeah amazing thank you so much benedict for today thanks for having me bye ciao bye bye if you've enjoyed listening to the honest postnatal podcast today please leave a review and hit the subscribe button this way we can reach more women with honest postnatal stories And if you'd like to message me, you can find me on Instagram at honestyogaldn.